on Friday, November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving in the United States, the World Health Organization had some sobering news. Today, WHO's Technical Advisory Group on Virus Evolution met to discuss the variant B11529 to discuss what we understand about this variant and if it should be classified as a variant of interest or a variant of concern. Based upon the information that we have, particularly from South Africa, um, they have advised WHO that this variant should be classified as a variant of concern. A variant of concern. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that is a variant for which there's evidence that it might be more contagious or it might cause more severe disease or it might make vaccines or treatments less effective or maybe not work at all or that the tests we use to diagnose COVID might not work as well or might not work at all. The World Health Organization's technical lead on COVID-19, Maria Van Kerkhove, called this variant Omicron. So Omicron uh, B11529 is named as a variant of concern because it has some concerning properties. Um, This variant has a large number of mutations, and some of these mutations have some worrying characteristics. Four days later, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky attempted to ease Americans' concerns about the variant. We have the tools and surveillance in place to identify the Omicron variant. We also have the tools to prevent Omicron from increasing the strain on our society and our healthcare system. And a couple days later, President Biden presented what he called a winter action plan to fight COVID-19. And it doesn't include shutdowns or lockdowns, but widespread vaccinations and boosters and testing and a lot more. But back in South Africa, COVID cases spiked. And Omicron quickly began to demonstrate it was worthy of WHO's concern. Here's WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus on December 8th. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. The Omicron variant has now been reported in 57 countries, and we expect that number to continue growing. Certain features of Omicron including its global spread and large number of mutations, suggest it could have a major impact on the course of the pandemic. Exactly what that impact will be is still difficult to know. As of this recording, Omicron has now been confirmed in 77 countries, 30 U.S. states, and on Monday, December 13th in the United Kingdom, following that nation's first Omicron death. I'm afraid we're now facing an emergency in our battle with the new variant, Omicron. Prime Minister Boris Johnson. No one should be in any doubt. There is a tidal wave of Omicron coming. And I'm afraid it is now clear that two doses of vaccine are simply not enough to give the level of protection we all need. Britain's health secretary added that he expected Omicron to be the dominant variant in the UK, pushing out Delta within 48 hours, telling Parliament that no variant of COVID has ever spread this quickly. So what does this mean for the United States? Is there a tidal wave of Omicron coming here? If so, how do we prepare? From Texas Public Radio and the Texas Newsroom, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie. This episode is all about Omicron.
Let's meet Dr. Jean Patterson. She's an expert in infectious diseases and, more importantly, fighting them. She's been working in virology for 40 years. Her lab at Texas Biomedical Research Institute here in San Antonio is a level four lab. Those are the ones that you have to wear, you know, the space suits in. Uh, and she's worked on most of the big bads there, the hemorrhagic fevers, Ebola, Marburg, loss of fever. She's been involved in developing multiple vaccines for Ebola and Marburg. At Texas Biomed, Patterson and her team work on figuring out how to fight these minuscule enemies with surveillance and treatments and vaccines. She joins us now to talk about the emergence of Omicron and what it may mean in our battle to end this relentless pandemic. First, Dr. Patterson, um, give us some background on this latest iteration of the COVID virus and what's different about it. Omicron was initially of concern when it was identified because it had many mutations, primarily in the antibody binding region, the receptor binding region, which is where we've seen a lot of the variants of concern have these mutations. And it had more than we normally see. It had a lot of mutations that we've already seen, but we've never seen them all together like that. Um, and so it raised concerns that, um, one, perhaps it spreads very readily. Two, what if it were to evade vaccination strategies? And three, what type of disease does it produce? which are always the concerns when a variant emerges, right? It's, is it more contagious? Does it make people sicker and more likely to die? And do our vaccines still work against it? So so what do we know so far? So far, it does appear to be very aggressive in, in spread. It may outcompete Delta. We've had other mutations and variants occur, but they died out in the presence of Delta. They couldn't survive the competition with Delta. This one may survive the competition with Delta. Um, to date, um, there's no evidence that it completely evades our vaccine strategies. There's some evidence that it may be slightly more effective at evading vaccine strategies. But to date, there's no evidence, at least when we're looking at the data cases, it does appear that people who have been vaccinated may in fact become infected with Omicron. But at this point in time, there's very little evidence that it causes serious disease. New data out of South Africa this week and surging Omicron case rates in Europe seem to confirm all of what Dr. Patterson just said. Omicron is aggressive in spread, who Director General Gabriasis says, quote, Omicron is spreading at a rate we have not seen with any previous variant. So it's moving through populations like wildfire. This particular variant may in fact be highly transmissible, but there's no evidence whatsoever that it's more virulent. And that's actually more typical of viruses as they become more transmissible. There's there's no real reason for them to become more virulent. As we all know, viruses want to survive. So um, killing off your host is never a good idea. And it's more common as viruses evolve that they become, they find a way to get to their next host, but they don't really want to kill off the host. And so they often are not as virulent as the original wild type. This is a common phenomenon in virology. That also tracks with the latest from South Africa. Well, it's still unclear whether Omicron will cause less severe disease in the larger world population than does Delta. It does seem to be less virulent in South Africa, with far fewer hospitalizations and deaths than earlier waves so far. However, that could simply be because so many South Africans have been either infected already 
or vaccinated and therefore protected from severe disease. It's just really too soon to know. But the research out of South Africa does strongly suggest Omicron is wily and is getting around vaccines. The study found that the two-shot regimen of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is just 33% protective against infection from Omicron, though it's still 70% effective at keeping people from getting sick enough to need the hospital. Now, 70% is okay, uh, but it was more than 90% effective against severe disease with Delta. So let's talk more about the idea that viruses can evolve to escape vaccines. Vaccine escape is is quite common. Um, we see this with influenza all the time. Um, you get a, a ver- uh, some sort of strain that's um, circulating in the community. It's first in the southern hemisphere, then it moves to the northern hemisphere. Um, it starts circulating in the community. People get sick. Um, then they develop antibodies to this um, virus. And what leaves the body, what what they um, express is a ver- is a virus which is that's overcome the the current antibody that you have. Now that's true for a vaccine. So if you get a vaccine against a, a current circulating variant, um, you're more than likely not to get sick because you have antibodies against that that isolate. And what happens is that um, what you produce in 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 the clinical setting is that you produce uh, viruses which are now resistant to the vaccine. They're called escape mutants. There was another study this week out of Oxford that came to much the same conclusion as the South Africa research. Omicron makes the Pfizer vaccine, and in the Oxford study, it found the same for the AstraZeneca vaccine. Well, it makes them both far less effective, underscoring the need for third shots for everyone. Now, Pfizer says its vaccine with a booster appears to be as effective against Omicron as two doses were against the original variant. So it looks like the booster really isn't just for high-risk folks anymore. It's for everyone. We'll talk about that and what it might mean for vaccine hesitancy when Petri Dish continues. Support for the Petri Dish podcast comes from Pay It Forward, providing sober living for newly recovering individuals with 92% success completion rate, allowing them to achieve self-sufficiency and long-term recovery. More at payitforwardsa.org. Welcome back to Petri Dish. At this point, our scientists cannot say that Omicron is less severe. And even if that proved to be true, we already know it is so much more transmissible that a wave of Omicron through a population that was not boosted would risk a level of hospitalization that could overwhelm our NHS and lead, sadly, to very many deaths. That's British Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Monday announcing what he calls an Omicron Emergency Booster National Mission. Now, he hopes one million British adults a day will start getting their third shots. In the U.S., if you're 16 or older, you too can get a booster. But according to the CDC, only about one in four American adults with two shots has gotten that third. That's concerning 
as Omicron starts to nibble at Delta's case numbers in the U.S. The CDC says for the week ending December 11th, Omicron accounted for nearly 3% of sequenced COVID cases in the U.S. In the week before that, the percentage of Omicron cases was zero. And Omicron seems to hit people with only two shots far harder than any previous variant. We've been talking to Texas Biomed's Dr. Jean Patterson about Omicron and how to protect ourselves from it. So, Dr. Patterson, if this variant has suddenly turned everyone's two-shot regimen to a three-shot regimen, that's going to be frustrating for a lot of people and is going to maybe further fuel vaccine hesitancy in some people. I'm not even going to look at social media, but I am certain it's filled right now with mocking memes of, you know, sheep lining up for their 100th booster shot. I mean, a lot of vaccines actually, um, we know that a lot are prime boosts, which means you need two vaccinations. That's done a lot. And we did that a lot with the Ebola vaccine. But we also know that some some vaccines require three doses, the human papilloma, um, the hepatitis A is three vaccinations. So there are lots of vaccines that have been shown that three is very effective. And we just don't have enough data now to know how effective the three vaccine um, protocol is going to work. But suffice to say that people believe that you get very, that your immune response ticks up very quickly after the third vaccination. I've already gotten my booster, but I think it's clear that you agree with Prime Minister Johnson, who's trying to make sure every adult in the UK has their third shot by the end of the year. People need to get their vaccines. This is still a disease of the unvaccinated. Um, It's right now that you are 13 times more likely to die if you get infected um, with any variant if you're unvaccinated. That's a pretty large number, 13 times more likely to die. so, and this is actually pretty incredible because even the flu vaccine doesn't give us the kind of protection that the coronavirus vaccines, I mean, they give us 90% effectiveness and that's nothing we've ever seen with flu. So we have a really, really effective and safe vaccine. Um, and still, um, we have people that are hesitant to take it, but it, and again, it's still a disease of the unvaccinated. One thing I hope I've prepared people for with this show is that variants happen as long as a virus is circulating, right? It's what viruses do. They replicate, and sometimes when they're making copies, they make a mistake, and boom, variant. So variants happen, and like I said, as long as this virus is circulating, we're going to have variants. So how should folks respond when we hear about Sigma or Tau or Omega? Well, I mean, I think that when you hear that there's a new variant, you should um, recognize that all of the um, all of the countermeasures we've used to to block transmission, be the masks or social distancings or getting the vaccine, are all important. And until we know what this variant is going to really look like, um, our best approach is to keep our masks on, um, hang around only vaccinated people, and um, social distance when you don't know the vaccination status of everyone and or they're not wearing masks. But I'm sure you understand and probably feel it too, the the pandemic fatigue that's also at play here. People just don't wanna anymore. Well, um, I think everyone can react with a um, certain amount of fatigue, like not again, this can't be happening again. Um, I don't know how to reassure anyone other than to say that we know a lot more than we did two years ago. Um, we have effective protocols in place. 
Um, it's, I know that people are really experiencing the whole, um, fatigue regarding wearing masks and being concerned about traveling and that kind of thing. But, um, you have lots of ways you can protect yourself. Um, and that includes, of course, being fully vaccinated and, and, you know, I'm still wearing masks when I go to the stores. So, um, I, that's, that's all you can tell people is that we have ways to, to treat this and to protect yourself. Right. I'm, you know, I'm wearing masks still. My daughter and I have delightful Christmas KN95 masks and, you know, we wear them everywhere we go outside the house and she wears it at school, even though they're not required there. But I heard a politician say last week that people should, you know, just go out and get infected. I was really surprised to hear that again. I mean, nearly 800,000 Americans have died and some people are still saying that apparently. So, what are your thoughts on that approach at this point, that throw caution to the wind idea? Well, I mean, it's a numbers game. The more people that get it, the more likely someone's going to get very sick because they're you know, compromised, they're elderly like me. I mean, the idea that um, we just spread it to everybody and just see who survives isn't a really good public health approach. We're trying to minimize the people that get infected, certainly to the people where it might become serious disease. And, and certainly vaccinated people that, that are very compromised aren't as protected against disease as those of us, you know, that have a good immune system and are vaccinated. So the idea that we just, you know, that kind of, you know, thinning the herd approach, I don't think is good public health policy <laughs> in general. And that's the concern about Omicron, right? Even if it is less severe, the sheer ease with which it appears to spread is a serious concern. Even if the overall percentage of people who get severe disease and die from Omicron is small, if a large number of people get infected with the variant, that small percentage can be a large number. Add to that healthcare workers who are worn out and healthcare systems that are stressed and have been for so long, a fast-moving virus is the last thing any of us need. We were already concerned about holiday gatherings and another winter surge of COVID before Omicron came along. So what does the expert, Dr. Patterson, predict for the months ahead? My guess, we're going to see respiratory virus increases. Um, we're going to see it with um, respiratory syncytial virus. We're going to see it with adenoviruses. We're going to see it with flu. And we're probably going to see an increased amount of um SARS-2 infection. Um, that's just standard. Um, but the SARS um, outbreak hasn't really followed all of the, the rules that we sort of had developed as far as winter viruses. I mean, people, we had, you know, we had surges in the summer. We had surges in the south. I mean, we had, you know, nothing to suggest that it's following the typical respiratory virus, pat, you know, pattern where it's always increases into winter and then dies out. We didn't see that. So um, we have a lot more to learn. Thank you, Dr. Jean Patterson of Texas Biomedical Research Institute here in San Antonio. We still have a lot more to learn, says Dr. Patterson, and we do as we approach the start of pandemic year three. Patterson and her team and teams like hers across the country and around the world are still furiously working and learning about every new trick this virus comes up with to evade our immune systems and escape 
our vaccines. They're trying to get us ahead of it with new treatments and safe, effective immunizations, but we have to do our parts too, and that's where some of us have been dropping the ball. In the U.S., 61% of those eligible are fully vaccinated with two shots. But now, to protect against Omicron, we all need to get a third shot, it seems. And only one in four of us have that. And that nearly 40% that isn't fully vaccinated, well, they've got some catching up to do. Listen, I know (laughs) this is frustrating. I know it's exhausting. I know you don't want to wear your mask to the Christmas party. And I know... You don't want to ring in the new year with only a small group of vaccinated friends. I know this because I don't either. I I really don't. I want this to be over more than I want just about anything. That's why I have three shots. That's why I wear my silly Christmas mask when I leave the house. That's why I do this show and encourage you to do those things too. So call your doctor, go to your local pharmacy, get on your city or county's health department website and find the nearest vaccine clinic and get a shot, whether it's your first, your second, or your third. Get a shot. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. May next year's holiday season be a post-pandemic celebration. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by me. Our executive producer is Fernanda Cabarena. Additional production, music, and sound design by Jake Brazzati. TPR's news director, Dan Katz, edited this week's show. Petri Dish is a production of TPR and the Texas Newsroom, a collaboration of public radio stations across Texas and NPR. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.